city's number one podcast. Love the topics, the guests, and all of the contrast. They ain't focused on the views and the traffic. What's the point of shining if no jewels for the masses? We gotta spread the news of our passion. Service is a verb, now that's community action. Yo, everybody, let's talk. Nothing talking ain't enough, so everybody, let's walk. We all want freedom, the eagle and the stars. But the only way to reach it, meet the people where they are. Unity's the only way to fend these atrocities. You and me together can eliminate poverty. And this is just a vessel of expression to make sure we stay on the message of progression. Yes, everybody, let's talk. Bring your ideas and together we walk. Yeah, we're back in the house. You're listening to Let's Talk More Action. And my, this is Cameron Minter. I am your host and my co-host today. Back from vacaying. I don't know who told her she could go on vacay, but. Uh, it was the best thing ever. Sharon Price is back in the house. What's going yes. on, Sharon? Cam, I've been taking some time to think about my emotional intelligence over the Damn. last couple of weeks. Oh, wow. I've been I just ca- thought you went on a trip. I went on a trip, but <laughs> it gave me some time to think. I know, think. right. You know, I've been thinking about how you respond to things right. with the Supreme Court justice. Oh, yeah. You know, how that worked out. I, I would have been home, sent on my way home the first day. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to work on me. Oh, wow. And that's then, good. How you respond to things, the slap that was heard around oh, yeah. the nation. Yes, yes, I'm yes. like, girl, you can't do that. <laughs> that is not how this is supposed to work just in out. Case, just in case you forgot, you know, we can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, what? I was home. How was home? Listen, it was everything, Cameron. When I'm at home, I miss being home. And when I'm back home in Kentucky, I still miss home. I know. That's right. I saw that. But uh, I I saw what Kamisha said. uh, But we miss you here. (laughs) (laughs) Come on back. And I'm going to roll my eyes at you. If, If you came back without a meat pie. Now, I mean, how many years do I have to ask for a meat pie? I don't know. But. Oh they God. were great. What, no, they were no, great. no, no, no. I, I hate no. to tell we, you we this. Can't, we can't. We're Cameron. not going to do this again. We're not going to talk about how great the food that you didn't bring in here is. Cameron, let me tell you something. When I got home, they welcomed me with a crawfish boil. So I got out of the car and went into the backyard by the pavilion and started eating crawfish. I was like, they love me. I'm the baby. Uh, they still love me. I don't. I, I don't smell anything. Though. I listen. What? That was great. Oh my God! You did it again. <laughs> you gonna do it again and again I, I and mean, again and, and look, again. I literally remind you on your trip. I've been meat pie. I'm dropping all kind of hints. Like I know she got it now. That wasn't a hint. It, you said meat pie, all caps. You know I am about that all cap thing. Don't know, all cap me. I know, me. but it was meant to be all caps so you would not forget. And here you come, talking about how great it was. It was great, Cameron, but I'm, I'm glad to be back. Okay. I'm glad to be back. I love being with my family. There's yeah. nothing Absolutely. that I love more than that. Absolutely. But I have a great family here, and so I'm glad to be back here, too. One that you don't feed. Okay, so, Sharon, who? Did you just try huh? to have no, a little snide no, remark? No, I didn't. I didn't. I yes, was, you I was did. just focusing on you the board. Did. Focusing on you the did. board. But what? over the weekend, oh. if all everything aligns, uh-huh. I am going 
because I'm still feeling the love of home. Yes, feel I it. am going to make you come on some meat. Don't pies. say it. It's yes, on. I hey, look, am. look. It is I on am. the record. It's recorded. <laughs> it's videoed. Meat pie coming. Because you have got to stop all capping me. Okay. Just every you text yeah, me all caps meat pie. No know. other words. Not how you doing. I know, right? Meat pie. <laughs> I'd be like, post this. And by the way, meat pie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. What we what we got going on the show today? It is National Autism Awareness Month, I'm and on. today we have Jonas Cooper, who is our uh, assistant director of child development for our Head Start programs. Welcome, Jonas. Hey, Jonas. Hey, how y'all doing? Welcome to the show, man. It's your first time, and it is my first time. All right. Thanks for making me feel at home with the meat pie, though. I know. Look, no, 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 no. Look, don't don't start talking about the meat pies because you don't get that many and. Every time I get one, it gets eight and stuff. So, you know, just just I live can't. vicariously through me. Okay, Jonas, <laughs> I did make meat pies, and I promised Cameron before, so I'm going to bring mm-hmm. you some. Mm-hmm. Okay. I forgot to bring them home, bring them to work. Mm-hmm. I left them at home. When I mm-hmm. went home, guess how many were left? Zero. See? Uh-huh. The Zero. critters in my house ate all of them. <laughs> now we're talking about animal critters or human critters? Human, human critters. critters. <laughs> Human critters ate them all. Without apology. <laughs> no. Without apology. Uh, actually, unapologetically. <laughs> oh, well, welcome, man. We're so glad to have you on the show. I'm happy to be here. Thank you all. Tell us about autism. What is it, Jonas? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a big question, Sharon. <laughs> Start you off. Um, luckily, we have a whole month. Right. <laughs> um, simple terms. Autism is, you know, a developmental delay. Um, that, you know, starts in early childhood and, and progresses um, on into adulthood, uh, you know, and some of the telltale signs of it, you know, just to, for sake of time, you're looking at social stuff, you know, lack of communication, um, lack of recognition of social cues, those types of things. Um, some more stereotypical things are, you know, hand flapping or um, tiptoeing. Those are some common things that people know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's not always that simple. Um, you know, autism is now uh, a spectrum. And so you have the severe cases to the mild cases and anything in between. That's the reason it's called a spectrum. Uh, but when you're getting down to the nitty gritty of it, autism is just a, a way that somebody's brain is wired and it's wired just a little bit differently than everybody else's. I think I think for me, um, my first uh, awareness of autism was Rain Man. And that movie was really... Um, it was first of all, it was really great acting, but it was really like my first introduction to autism and to understand, or you know, at least be introduced to uh, the idea of something um, people doing things a little differently. And uh, it was an eye opener. It was truly an eye opener for me. Yeah, what a way, what a way to jump into that world. <laughs> right, right, uh, yeah. right. I mean, because I mean, especially. Um, uh, the character Tom Cruise, he was struggling with the brother that he had no contact with, and on top of that, this um, um, the spectrum of of autism that he was dealing with, it was way too much for him. Right. Yeah. You know, it 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 can be it can be very difficult, but that's one of the great things about our Head Start program and the early screenings um, that that we put the children through so that we can get them ready as soon as possible and start doing interventions, right? Absolutely, yeah. So there's this big push um, for anybody who's remotely familiar with autism. <clears throat> it's called early intervention. Um, early intervention is key to success and positive outcomes for anybody with autism. 
um, because, you know, we always talk about zero through five, the most critical years, most rapid development of any kid's life is those first five years. Um, and coincidentally, that's when the best early intervention happens. Uh, and so the screenings that you're talking about, Sharon, absolutely, they do, um, they give us a good snapshot of where kids are, where our kids are uh, in our program. Uh, and it can alert us to if there's something we need to watch, if they're good, if there's something we need to bump up to a little bit to another agency for a referral. Um, it's a really good way to partner with the parents and the families to say, hey, this is where your kid's standing at. Uh, and this is how we can help you move forward with this, these things. And, and I would think working with the parents, because this has to be a difficult thing for for parents, right? To think that anything is wrong and that your child is just not perfect. I've been there. I've done that. I've had a child with an IEP. And it it's hard. It, it hurts you inside to think that anything, no matter how small it could be or how large it could be, is affecting your child. How do... Um, how do we as the team at our Head Start programs work with those families to c- try to calm some of their fears? Yeah, so there's, so this is why this month is fantastic, because it brings awareness to, to autism and what it me- actually means to have autism and live with autism, uh, not just for someone who's diagnosed with it, but with their families and their parents as well. Um, if I may give a brief history of what autism came from, you, let me take back to the 50s and 60s. When they first started looking into it, they, they didn't look at autism as we do today. It was actually classified as the early childhood schizophrenia. Mm. Um, and so that was the way they understood it was this psychotic disorder was autism. Uh, you know, and then you move forward to the 70s uh, and they see this transition into, okay, now it's more of uh, genetics. Uh, but not only is it just genetics, it's coming from moms. Moms are giving the genes to uh, these kids. And not only is it just moms, it's these cold, distant, unloving, uncaring moms. You're the reason wow. that your kid has <laughs> autism. Break it down. Uh, yeah, I mean, throwing them under the bus, right? Uh, and then in the 90s, we see this, again, this transition um, into some more fragmented diagnoses. So like Rain Man, you know, you have um, Asperger's, you have Rett's disease, um, you have autism. They had intellectual um, disabilities in there as well. And it was kind of fragmented under this giant umbrella of autism, but it was all fragmented. And then you get into the mid-2010s, uh, and then this is where we see this uh, new autism spectrum disorder. And it kind of encompasses everything. So there's the spectrum from here to here, and you're somewhere on the middle. And so when we're talking about parents and stuff, you know, they have this misconception that this is the end-all, be-all for my kid. Mm-hmm. Um, they, my kid is not going to grow up and be unsuccessful. They're going to live in, at home forever. Um, they're going to have all these barriers against them, and they're not wrong. There are barriers, but today, because of Autism Awareness Month and advocates and Head Start programs and other agencies that do these early intervention services, uh, it's not nearly the diagnosis that it was mm-hmm. half a century ago. We've made tons of progress. It's not that sentence. Right. So exactly. And so when we're talking with the, pa- the families and the parents, we, we make sure that they understand that, um, that your kid is not broken. Right. Your kid is not uh, defective. Your kid's going to live a great and successful life, um, especially if you get these services and interventions, and this is how we can help you start down that road. Right, right. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, Throughout these uh, last few years, we've seen a lot of growth and in a lot of things that we're dealing with, dealing with uh, disorders or dealing with um, even um, 
the times of, uh, have changed where things that when I was growing up were supposedly okay, but now they're not. And it's, it's good to see growth uh, as, as, as we are growing, we're learning and, and, and getting better. So what kind of um, adapta- adaptations do we make in the classrooms when we're serving children that have autis- autism? Yeah. So the accommodations that we typically do, um, we have a lot of sensory stuff, like sensory toys, so fidget toys, squishy things, um, something to kind of, because a lot of times um, what you might find with a kid with autism is they have anxiety, um, high anxiety, and that can come from a whole different range of things. I know Laura can probably speak more to this as a parent, um, but when your mind is wired a little bit differently and you're having trouble communicating effectively to what you want or um, there's the lights are too bright or the sounds are too loud, um, you can get really super anxious. And so we do a lot of um, sensory toys, squishy things, things you can pull, click, poppers. Um, you know, we make sure that we arrange the classroom in a way that, you know, can that we ensure safety, you know, that they're not tipping things over. Um, you know, th- there's all sorts of different ways that we do it. We make sure that we partner with um, professional agencies that come in and give us guidance, uh, you know, on how to best it. Because, again, going back to the spectrum, not all kids are the same. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a one fixed solution. You know, every kid is different. Every kid's going to have a different plan of treatment. Uh, and so we really, it's a really customized experience for these kids when they're in our classrooms because we want to get them set up for success when they transition into kindergarten. Well, and I like the way that you say that, that every kid is different. And that, that means every kid, I guess you could end that that sentence with a period, that every kid is different, period, um, regardless of what your capability is, regardless of what your diagnosis is, or if you don't have any at all. And I think that that's one of the things that is so great about our program, the Head Start program, is because we meet children where they are, not where we want them to be, but where they are in that moment, because each kid deserves to be treated individualized. Absolutely, yeah. And, and you know, the, the crowd that I run around with, you know, everybody has their circles that they keep tracks and tabs on and everything, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and the circle that I run around with, there's this push. Um, it's actually started by um, an ABA provider, excuse me, Applied Behavioral Analysis Provider. And ABA is um, a pretty typical tr- um, intervention service for kids with autism. Um, and they started this, uh, this push to reframe April, because now it's uh, autism awareness, this push to reframe it as 4A month. And here's where the name comes mm-hmm. from. It's Autism Awareness, Acceptance, and Advocacy Month. Mm-hmm. And all three of those things are critical to, you know, to those who really want to engage in what this month is about to push results throughout the entire year. Um, and so there's, we can talk more about, but Head Start really encompasses all three of those things. That, and that's why I love the Head Start program. I'll, I will tell you that the early intervention, um, people that are specialized in, in different areas and um, special, you know, specialty um, areas, I guess, where they can come in. And, you know, if the classroom needs a rearrangement, sometimes you come in and you rearrange a classroom and that takes care of things. And sometimes you don't. You have to look a little bit deeper to see what's really going on. And then that relationship that we have with the parents, um, you know, with you know, because it takes a team yeah. to to yep. get everything together. Having, having the parents involved is critical. Mm-hmm. We got to have the parents, and that's what Head Start's about is, is bringing the parents in and, and empowering them. And so, when we come back from the break, we're going to do just that. We're going to bring a parent right in and talk to Laura about um, how autism affects her child and her family. That'll be a treat. 
All right. We'll be right back. You're listening to Let's Talk. More action. This past year has highlighted the strength of Community Action Council. Every day, our staff works together to help families recover from this crisis. We're educating children at home and in person, helping parents who lost their jobs, and helping households avoid eviction. Our work at Community Action Council has never been more important than it is right now. So why don't you join us? We have employment opportunities requiring a range of skills from entry level to advanced. Apply online at commaction.org. That's commaction.org. Community Action Council is here to help our neighbors recover from this pandemic and thrive. We are operating Lexington's Housing Stabilization Program and providing financial assistance to Fayette County residents facing the threat of eviction by helping them with past due or future rent and past due or future utility costs. The best and easiest way to access financial help is online. Type in covid19renterhelp.org, which links to Community Action Council's website. There you will find more detailed information about the program. To get started, simply click the button that says apply. There are some eligibility requirements, which are specified on the application online. Households must live in Fayette County and must be able to show or describe how they have been directly or indirectly impacted by COVID-19 and that they face eviction and homelessness because they are past due on monthly rent. The very best thing you can do is to fill out the application that is linked on the website. Once your application is processed, someone will reach out to you using the contact information that you provide. Community Action Council has been and will continue to be here to help our community thrive. Community Action Council Prep Academies offer free early childhood education and comprehensive services to children birth to five years old and their families. This school year, parents and families can choose the Head Start learning option that best fits the need of their child and family, whether it's virtual or with their Head Start program or in-person learning. The choice is yours. To enroll your child in one of their Prep Academies or in Head Start at Home, call the Community Action Council today at 859-233-4600 or by going online at commaction.org. That's ComAction. Hello, my name is Shaka Cummings. I am the manager of equity and K-12 policy at the Pritchard Committee, and I listen to Let's Talk More Action. Welcome back. Welcome back, Cam. Hey. We are being joined right now by Laura Shetfield. She is our Health and Nutrition Director at Community Action Council. She's a parent of two and a mom of a child with autism. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thank you. Glad to be here. Tell us about it. You've got two children. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, How busy is your home? Oh, crazy. It's like a zoo. I always tell people <laughs> they want to come over to see entertainment. Just stop Just on by. <laughs> free. free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's National Autism Awareness Month, and you have a child with autism. Yes. How did you know? Um, well, uh, he actually enrolled in the Early Head Start program when he was 15 months old because we had gotten an IFSP through First Steps, so he was delayed. What's that mean? Um, individual IFSP. Family Service Plan, I, okay. I mm-hmm. think. <laughs> He's dead on the money. Yeah. Uh, so It's an IEP, an Individual Education Plan, except it's for children under three years old. Y'all speaking Head Start. Yes, we there are. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he uh, qualified for the program after he had that delay. And then by 
early Head Start teachers doing those uh, developmental screenings that Jonas and Sharon were talking about before, um, we were able to work with his speech therapist through First Steps, get OT involved, um, then we got his pediatrician involved, and then we were able to be referred for him to be evaluated. And if you saw him at two when he was diagnosed, and then now you would think it was a completely different kid. Early intervention. Yes, absolutely. Early intervention. How did you feel when you were approached with this? How, oh, how, how was that handled? That's one thing, like, with Autism Awareness Month is just to let parents know, like, it's one in 27 boys, like, a classroom is like 30 children when you get to school. So the likelihood of your child either being diagnosed or being in a classroom with a child is so possible. And just parents to know that it's common and that they're not alone. Um, Cause even with my sister, she's a special education teacher. And even with that background, um, you know, I was worried like what's going to happen. He can't even talk, you know? And so what has your journey been like? Um, well, lots of support, um, from the clinic that diagnosed him, uh, lots of support there. They referred us to the ABA, the, um, therapy Jonas had mentioned before. Um, and he started ABA when he was two and a half. And the great thing about ABA pre COVID was that they were able to go into the Head Start classroom and work with him there so that they could work on his socialization skills. So they came into his, his environment Mm -hmm. instead of taking him to their environment. Yes. That's awesome. Uh, I mean, that made such a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, I can see. But then COVID hit and regression hit. And that's where the anxiety really bumped up. So when kids with autism have anxiety, they don't show it like a typical child would. Like they might start throwing things or making noises or throwing more things. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's just recognizing that that's anxiety and it's not behavioral. Like, they're, that's how they're vocalizing their anxiety. They just have to learn how to communicate it in a different way. And then you have to learn how to read that communication, oh, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's what, when Jonas was talking about, every child is different, period, right? Every child is communicated with in a different way. No child is different. No child has the same exact behaviors. No child with autism presents um, the same. My child is very empathetic. He's very loving. Uh, typically when you hear autism, they don't want to be touched. Like that's not the case. And actually that's not the case with a lot of kids with autism. They like that comfort and that hug. Um, I actually remember at one of our health fairs, there was a child with autism who came in, was very overstimulated. I mean, you can imagine people she's never met. This was COVID time, so she's not really been around a lot of people. Um, And I just had everyone stop talking, and I told her to come here. I just gave her a hug, and I said, you're fine, you're okay, and she calmed down. So it's just making everyone aware of how to communicate. Like, once you get that child to calm down from that anxiety that they're having, they're able to communicate with others better. And so in the classroom, a lot of parents think if they walk into their child's classroom and there's music playing and all of that, that that is a sign of a great environment for children, but not necessarily so for all children. Oh, absolutely not. Um, So if a child's not used to music and they have autism, that could be very overstimulating. And actually that's going to be damaging to that child's learning because the music is overtaking everything they can't process anything else because it's so overstimulating and so and that's that's one of the things that I like about our Head Start programs is that we take into consideration in that classroom development and arrangement everything um, for every child and what every child needs because you could walk into a classroom and see the lights 
with a cover on them. What does that mean when you walk in and see that? It's just that they've dimmed the environment so that it's not the lights for some children can be overstimulating. And again, not every child's the same. Like for Wyatt, lights don't bother him, but music does. But for another child, it might be lights bother them and not the music. So it's just, it's really learning every child and what kind of gives them that anxiety that we kind of have to work through. So is Wyatt your firstborn or your secondborn? First. He's my oldest. He's five. So the, 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 that's all you really knew, and, and when you had you have a oh yeah the oh, honestly the only reason I even caught that he was behind in development is because I work with Head Start and been around early Head Start children. I don't have an education background, so I'm a registered dietitian. So I've never been around children until I worked with this program. So being able to identify, hey, this isn't normal. Let's right. uh, get first steps in here to evaluate. And and this means sometimes being able to put your feelings as a mom kind of on the back burner, because I remember when um, actually in this very building, um, a speech therapist was here and my son came up and was talking to me and I understood everything that he said. And she didn't realize that he was my son. And she said, you need to tell that kid's mom that he needs speech therapy. Just like that. Yeah. I went home and threw myself over the bed and rolled and cried like I had lost my mind because something wasn't perfect, right. you know, with, with exactly. my son. Exactly, because you see him perfect. Like, yeah. he, why mm-hmm. it's perfect to me. Uh-huh. Um, and, the, yeah, it's it's real heartbreaking at first. It's real, I don't know what to do. It's real, no, maybe I'm just overthinking it. But seriously, as a parent, if you have any kind of feeling that there's any kind of delay, early intervention is the best way to go because a lot of these kids won't find out that they have autism until they go to kindergarten and then by that time their brain is already you know almost fully developed um how what's the earliest that a child can be diagnosed two two years old and that seems awful young to me yeah so when why so when you go to your pediatrician at 18 months they have you do a screening and Wyatt's pediatrician at the time was like, uh, I don't know, but since I don't know, let's go ahead and refer him because it takes six months to get him in, which is terrible, and it's even further now because of the need. Um, and so the six months went by. He was two. We went and got seen, and they actually evaluated him three times because they were like, I don't know. Um, but he was diagnosed mild to moderate. So on that spectrum, he's in the between the mild to moderate. Gotcha, so gotcha. You had mentioned before about the – Aggression uh, due to COVID, and we know that a lot of children, not just um, those suffering with autism, but uh, a lot of children went through a regression. How did you handle that? What what steps did you take to uh, to get them back on track? Oh, started therapy right away when it was available again. Uh, but like you said, it wasn't just children with autism; it was uh-huh. all children. Uh, my daughter does not have autism, and she. Um, when she started out at her um, center, she was behind, and they were a little concerned, but it's because she was born April 2020 mm. and had never been around other kids besides wow. her brother, right. who does have autism and who does not communicate verbally as well, mm. um, and that's all she knew. Wow, yeah. So, yeah, it just affected all the children, and um, it's just getting them back into routine And so I know this school year is almost over, you know, because May is going to be here before we know it. And we're already preparing for August. And so this would be a really good time for parents out there 
you know, who've had their children at home for the last two years because of because of COVID and being afraid to reach out, enroll their child in Head Start so that they can start getting those early screenings and things like that that they need. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't wait. Um, if you have a child that's never been anywhere to be screened, go get them screened because you just never know, especially if you don't have any education background on what is developmentally appropriate and you just have no idea. You think it's normal. It may not be. Well, and it may not be. And finding out when you're in kindergarten, when the, when your child goes to kindergarten, when you could have found out a little bit earlier, you know, so we could start working with those children and getting them ready, you know, um, for kindergarten. Yes. Yeah, I've, I've seen uh, some people who weren't even diagnosed until like in high school, oh, yeah. like with dyslexia. You know, they just thought, you know, something was, you know, whatever. They just weren't applying themselves. So in uh, that early uh, intervention is is key to making sure that we're getting what we need. Well, and one thing, uh, well, this is uh, there's a lot of things, but another thing I guess I should say is that um, if you have a child that has some behaviors, don't look at that child and think that that's a bad child. Mm -hmm. yeah. Find Absolutely. out we you know we really want to look at that child and say what is the reason for this behavior because sometimes it's just not behavior. Oh yeah, if this had been ten years ago, why it would have been looked at this child that has all these behavioral issues and we right. would have never gotten the help he needed. I mean, he can make friends now. He interacts with friends. Um, you know, it's just a completely different child when when he was two, he just look at you blankly, not even look at you when you called his name and not communicate. So turn around completely. What haven't we asked you that as a parent, we might need to know? As I'm going to give you the last word. Oh, man. What, what, just, advice, what advice would you give parents? We're going to give you the last word just here. Just don't deny it. If anyone suggests anything about your child, just go get it checked out. Um, there's not that stigma that there used to be 10 years ago. And the, the help you can give them now before they're three even, just that two to three year Mark is crucial, um, could change their life. Wow. Life changing. It is. Laura, we thank you for being on the show. Jonas, we thank you for being on the show. It is April. We're in another month. We're in another month. Autism Awareness Month. Autism if you think awareness. something is wrong, get it checked out. That's going to be my story from now until whatever. That's right. That's you right. You know. All right, you've been listening to Let's Talk More Action. Share it. Tell your friends.